Today is the last message in our series before the cross. In this series, we are looking at some of the events which happened in the life of Jesus on his way to Jerusalem before he faced the cross. Obviously, many events took place uh, on his way to Jerusalem. But in this short series, we only looked at three events. In part one, glory, we started this journey with the transfiguration of Jesus. On the mountain, his glory was revealed to three disciples, Peter, James, and John. That event confirmed what Jesus was to face in Jerusalem. And it strengthened his resolve to do the Father's will to bring salvation to the world. It would come at a very high price. Very high price. Very high cost to him. But he was certain of the fact that after all the suffering and even death, he would be glorified by the Father. So that experience on the mountain just sealed his resolve to go to Jerusalem. Then last week in part two, follow, we looked at three brief encounters which Jesus had with potential disciples. In those brief conversations, we learned that following Jesus requires total commitment. Amen? Comfort, convenience, and distractions are enemies of discipleship. Every day, we encounter these enemies trying to pull us away from following Jesus with our whole heart. Amen? We learned that Jesus was totally committed, totally immersed, and totally surrendered to his mission. His life was an example to us. So let us do the same as his followers and be totally committed to our calling as his followers. Today, we look at a last event before Jesus faced the cross and before he reached Jerusalem. Today, as you know, is Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem. He entered Jerusalem as he entered Jerusalem, he was surrounded by a multitude crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. People laid clothes and palm branches on the ground as, as he entered the city. Now, by doing this, the people were acknowledging Jesus as the promised Messiah. <laughs> and making the religious leaders very wary of Jesus and increasing their resolve to get rid of him. Furthermore, Jesus entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey, an animal symbolizing peace, not conquest, and thus fulfilling another prophecy relating to the Messiah, linked to the Messiah. In Zechariah 9 verse 9, it says, Behold, your king, your king is coming to you. He is just and he is having salvation. Humble and riding on a donkey. It is a messianic scripture. And Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. So that is what we celebrate today in Palm Sunday. Jesus 
entrance in Jerusalem to all that fanfare and that acclamation that he is the Messiah. But the event we are looking at today, the event that happened in Jesus' life that we're looking at today, actually happened yesterday. <laughs> Meaning, it happened the day before he entered Jerusalem. Today's mes message is titled, Honor. And it shows us, someone honored Jesus and was honored in return. This message will also show us how we can honor Jesus today in our lives. And it will show that those who honor Jesus in this life will be noted and honored by the Lord. So if you honor Jesus with your life and in this life, it will be noted. The Lord will take note of it and he will honor you and I if we will honor him. Our scripture comes from Mark chapter 14. We are reading from Mark, but this event is also recorded in Matthew and John. We are reading from Mark chapter 14 verses 3 to 9. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. You see, Bethany is where Lazarus, Mary, and Martha lived. Jesus was their friend. And when in town, he often stayed in their home. Simon, where Jesus was in this particular moment, Simon is someone who had been healed of leper, of leprosy. Possibly by even the Lord Jesus. And it was at his house that Jesus was having a meal. From the Gospel of John, we know that the woman who came in was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, Mary of Bethany. So Lazarus was also present in this dinner as well. Verse 4. But there were some who were indignant among themselves, saying, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? As if you could waste anything on Jesus, eh? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they criticized her, Mary, sharply. Now, from the other Gospels, we know that Judas was the one who instigated the criticism. <laughs> he was the one who kept the money bag of, this, of the group of disciples, from which Judas frequently stole. He was a thief, Okay. So obviously, his objection to this waste had nothing to do with caring for the poor. He was feeling sorry that all that money could have been in the box, in the box, you know, in, in, in his pocket. He was caring about himself, not about the poor. Verse 6, but Jesus said, but Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. Some translations say, she has done a beautiful thing to me. Verse 7. 
For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. Powerful phrase. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Interesting. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Wow. A simple act that Mary did, but a highly significant act. It, it was simple, okay? From the account in Mark and John, what happened is she broke the seal on a bottle of very expensive perfumed oil. And she poured it over the head of Jesus and over his feet. Then with her hair, or with her long hair, she wiped the oil from Jesus' feet. That's what she did. Simple. Simple act. But it was highly significant because it happened during a dinner given in honor of Jesus. All the disciples were present plus others, including Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead not too long ago. She did this spontaneously and uninvited. She interrupted the meal and the conversations going on. <laughs> Her actions were unusual, unprecedented, out of place, and in part, considered vulgar in her culture. You must remember, first century, women were like, you know, second-class citizens. The men were sitting around the table. How dare this woman just barge in and interrupt? <laughs> it was an embarrassment to her family, Sister Martha and Brother Lazarus. Martha was there that night. She was cooking. She was <laughs> serving the meal. It was criticized by the disciples, starting with Judas. But it was welcomed by Jesus. It was defended by Jesus. And it was immortalized by Jesus. So much so that we are still talking about this event today. 2,000 years later, we are still talking about what happened that evening. This woman honored Jesus by doing a good work, by doing a beautiful thing for Jesus. She probably had no idea at the time, but she was symbolically preparing his body for burial. You see, you must remember there would be no time to prepare the body of Jesus for burial on the day he died. You'll remember that it was on a Friday and he died in the afternoon. It was getting late. The Sabbath was coming up. They had no time to prepare his body. They, they, they quickly just put his body in, in the grave. And, and that's why the ladies were coming on Sunday morning to anoint his body properly for burial. Because there was no time on Friday. But Mary here in, in, in preempting what was going to happen. She's anointing his body. And Jesus said so. Preparing for his burial. She was honoring Jesus. She also had no idea that her act of love, her act of commitment and Gratefulness would be recounted for centuries in her honor. 
But, but then again, listen, only a person who claimed to be God and really was God could say with certainty and without irresponsible exaggeration that a simple woman's spontaneous act done to one man in one moment in time would be preached throughout the whole world and then have it come true. <laughs> Another indication, Jesus is God. Only he could say something like this and then it comes true. I wonder how many of you have heard about this passage before. I wonder how many of you have heard it many times perhaps. And every time a preacher preaches it, they are fulfilling the prophecy of Jesus and keeping this story alive in her honor. <laughs> so therefore, today's message is preached to exalt Christ and to honor Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, the woman who would sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him so that she could honor him with her life. We will learn from this event how to honor the Lord with our lives today. Amen? So, how do we honor the Lord today? Obviously, we, we cannot, cannot find out where Jesus is dining and go there and just crash his party, okay? He's not here. He's in heaven. So, how do we do it today? Well, the Bible gives us clear direction on how to honor him. Let's read. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whatever you do, do it in such a way that brings glory to God. Do your best and do it for him. Even a simple act like eating, okay? Or drinking, do it to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen? So again, whatever you do, word or deed, whether you're in school, whether you're at work, whether you're relaxing, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God that you're able to do these things. Amen? Then Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it, you know, purposely. Do it well. As to the Lord and not to men. You see, sometimes you want to do things to impress people. Impress the client. Impress the boss. Impress somebody. No, 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 no. Don't do it to impress people. Do it for the Lord. Amen? Do it for Him. And it changes everything. Because all of a sudden your life becomes about Him. And gives you a fresh motivation to do your best with your life. So, how do we honor the Lord? Not just by helping the poor like Judas suggested, but by every action in our lives. We can honor the Lord every day and in everything we do by acknowledging Him. And doing all we do for his glory. Jesus said that Mary did what she could. And we all have something 
that we can do for the Lord. Amen? You have something that you can do for the Lord. And I want to share with you five thoughts on honoring the Lord coming from this passage. Number one, honor does not count the cost. If you're doing something to honor God, you do not count the cost. The woman gave what was probably her most prized position. She did not count the cost. And when you do something to honor the Lord, you do not count the cost. We read that it was an expensive perfume. The amount mentioned, 300 denarii, was equivalent to a year's salary. It was no cheap perfume. At that time, the best spikenard would be brought in from India. So it was no cheap stuff. It was expensive, it was imported, it was precious, it was valuable. But she did not count the cost in what she did for Jesus. In response, Jesus said, she has done a beautiful thing to me. She has done a good work to me. In the same way, if we are to honor the Lord by doing a good work for him, we should not count the cost, but go the extra mile to honor his name and to bless others. Now, this may include giving of ourselves, our ministry, our time, and our money without counting the cost. And by the way, Mary honored Jesus before his death. If you're going to do something for the Lord in terms of blessing people, Let's do it while they are alive, not after they are dead. Amen? We honor the Lord by living lives that please Him. And we honor the Lord by blessing others in the name of the Lord. Amen? Number two, honor flows out of humility. If you're going to honor God, it must flow out of humility, not pride. Not, let me show God what I can do. Or let me do something for God so that other people can see it. Uh -uh. It must flow out of humility. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen? This woman showed deep humility in what she did. First, in verse 3, she poured a perfume on Jesus' head. And then according to John 12, 3, she poured it on his feet and wiped his feet with her hair. hair. Apparently at that time, a woman with loose hair in public reflected a bad image. Okay? But she didn't mind. She didn't seem to mind. She just wanted to honor Jesus. Also, only servants normally touched feet. But once again, she was humble enough to do it. As a result, Jesus said, she has done a good work for me. She has done something beautiful to me. Now, to live a life that honors the Lord will require humility. We, we live in a society which exalts pride and, and personal achievement, no matter what cost. A, a society which praises the powerful and the popular. And therefore, many, sometimes even Christians, will strive for that, for power and for positions, and they will compromise spiritual principles and values. 
In fact, the younger you are, the more challenged you are in this area. But it, it's, it, it's throughout your life you're going to be challenged in this area. When you do something to honor God with humility, lives can be touched and changed forever. It starts with your own life and then it flows over to other lives. So, if you're going to honor the Lord, honor flows out of humility. Number three, honor may be criticized. And I want you to understand this and, and, and realize that this is going to happen. Sometimes you think, man, I'm doing something for God and because I'm doing it for the Lord and because I'm doing it out of humility, I'm not proud, I'm, I'm doing it for God. I'm not counting the cost, I'm doing it for God. You think, man, I'm going to be accepted. Everybody's going to love me. Everybody's going to accept me. Especially my brothers and sisters are going to love me. No. It could be just the opposite. You may be criticized by honoring the Lord. So be ready, okay? Don't be disappointed. You're doing it for the Lord, not for people. Look at Mary. Look at Mary. Verses 4 and 5 says that the people began to criticize this woman harshly. Not just lightly, harshly. For her act, honoring the Lord. In Matthew's account, they are identified as the disciples. Nah. <laughs> and John 12 specifically identifies Judas as the main culprit. He started the whole thing, accusing. Oh, what a waste. We could have done. And, and all the other guys just chimed in. The rest of the disciples just chimed in. The money was more important to him, to Judas. Then the Lord being honored. In the same way, when you do things to honor the Lord, there may be people around you who may criticize you. They may try to show that we have ulterior motives in what we do. In, in many countries, in many countries, when Christians help those in need, they are accused of trying to convert people unethically. Okay? Sometimes criticism may come from those that you least expect. When you want to please the Lord with your life, expect criticism. Okay? But it's okay. It's part of the parcel. It's part of the package. You do it for the Lord. Even Christians will sometimes compromise their faith so as to fit in with the crowd and with their worldly friends. They know that if they choose to live a holy life, which pleases the Lord, they will be criticized. They may compromise their friendships. They may not be able to impress that boy or that girl. And so they compromise values. I encourage you to continue to do things, acts, works that honor God. Amen? Do not get discouraged, especially when criticism is thrown at you. Or thrown at us. Amen? Let's continue to honor the Lord with what we do. Number four. Honor points to the death of Christ. When you honor the Lord, it will point to the death of Christ. Jesus mentioned that the perfume was poured on his body beforehand to prepare for his burial, for his death. And what she did pointed to Christ's soon coming sacrifice. The next week, he would be sacrificed. Amen? It would happen a week later. 
All she wanted to do was to bless the Lord. But her act actually pointed to what would happen the next week. Now, every time we do something to point people to the cross and our Lord's sacrifice, we are doing a good work. We are doing something beautiful. We are performing an act which honors God. So whenever people inquire about what motivates you for doing something good, mention clearly that Jesus gave his best for you by dying on a cross. And these acts of service are the least you can do for him. You see, by doing that, you are pointing at the cross. You honor God by pointing at the cross. People must know that that is what it's all about. Jesus died for us so that we could be free, we could be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. And then finally, number five. Honor will not be forgotten. Everything you do to honor the Lord will not be forgotten. Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. <laughs> wow. What a testimony to leave behind. Sure enough, on the hundreds of occasions that this text has been preached from, this woman's good work has not been forgotten. Jesus knew her heart. Now, remember last week's message, those, the, the three guys that came to talk to Jesus? Jesus didn't answer what they said, their words. Jesus answered their hearts because Jesus knew their hearts. Amen? And so Jesus knows the heart. And Jesus knew her heart. Jesus did not respond to the words that men spoke. He responded to hearts. Jesus knew Mary's heart. He didn't commend Simon for, you know, for hosting this dinner. He didn't commend Martha for cooking the food and serving. He didn't commend the disciples for being so concerned with the poor. No, he didn't commend any of them. But he commended Mary. Hmm? He spoke an eternal blessing over this woman who, without a word, without fanfare, without asking anyone's permission to do so, gave of herself spontaneously in the most humble, quiet act of mercy recorded in Scripture. Hmm. I believe that God often blesses our acts of honor in this lifetime. When you do the will of God, in spite of opposition and, and criticism, you will reap the benefits yourself. By making wise biblical choices with regards to your friends, your finances, who you choose to, to marry, how you worship God, and so on, you will reap the benefits in this life, in your own life. Sometimes the Lord allows you to get feedback from people who were blessed by something that you did. But even if nothing significant happens to us in this life, if you get no feedback, all right, because of the, our acts of honoring Him, our reward is assured in heaven because He will not forget our good works. He will not forget the things that we did here to honor Him. The greatest reward that we will receive is when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? <laughs> so, 
like Mary. Keep on. Keep on doing things that honor the Lord. Mary did not hold back. Ignoring custom, ignoring scorn, with no thought of the cost, she broke the seal of the container of perfumed oil. She could have poured out just a little, but she gave it all to Jesus. The Gospel of John says that the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So she wasn't using it, you know, a little bit only. She used the whole lot liberally. And in turn, Jesus honored her. Christ honors those who honor him. And he also has so much to give to us. This Mary of Bethany, sister of Martha, sister of Lazarus, rushed in with determination etched in her features, interrupting the proceedings, infuriating the selfish and astounding the traditionalists. <laughs> and she gave herself completely to a momentary expression of faith and mercy and love. In return, the Lord of Ages decreed that she would be remembered wherever this gospel was preached. This woman, Mary, is remembered for her beautiful act, which honored the Lord. What will you be remembered for? Hmm? The next day, Jesus entered Jerusalem. People laid clothes, palm branches at his feet, and he entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey. The multitudes praised him, but many who honored him on Sunday would be crying, crucify him on Friday. This coming week, or this coming weekend, we'll be celebrating the most important holiday in the Christian calendar. Christmas may be the most commercialized, but if there was no Christmas, it wouldn't affect our faith very much. But Easter is the most significant because without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, <laughs> Christianity could not stand. So, let's meet on Thursday and on Sunday to honor the Lord for what He did for us. But, as we learned today, we don't just honor the Lord on, on special days or only when we gather together to worship. We honor the Lord in everything we do when we do everything to honor the Lord for His glory. So, brothers and sisters, have a wonderful week as we enter this Easter season. Bringing honor to the Lord. But remember, number one, honor does not count the cost. Number two, honor flows out of humility. Number three, honor may be criticized. Number four, honor points to the death of Christ. And number five, honor will not be forgotten. Amen? Let us meet on Thursday again to honor Him with our humble, spontaneous, and sincere worship. Let us break bread 
and remember the last supper and the new covenant that Jesus declared that night. Every day, in every way, let's honor the Lord. Amen? Come, let's stand and let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, it is an honor to honor you, Lord. And yet you realize that it is challenging, Lord. Living in a world where there is so much distraction, so much competing for our time and our attention. So much challenging our values. I realize, Father, it's not always easy to honor you. So much of the social trends, of the fashions, go against your will, against biblical principles, Lord God. And it is so easy for us to get drawn into it. But Lord, this morning, we want to ask you, Lord, to help us to honor you, O Lord. Help us to every day, in every way, make choices which honor your name, Lord. In everything we do, let us do it unto you, my God. I pray your blessing upon my brothers and my sisters, those here present, those that are online watching, those listening to this message. Lord, help us, Father God, to honor you in word and in deed and in everything we do, my God. And we look forward, Lord, to hearing from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. We look forward to being honored by you as well, Lord God. Because we have honored you in this life. Thank you for strength, for guidance, and for your continuous blessing, Lord. Hallelujah. And now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain upon each and every one of us as we endeavor to live day by day to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Have a wonderful day. See you Thursday for our worship night. God bless you. Amen.